From the DMZ to the NATO front, this is CRN. Welcome to the Lightning Round. Welcome. Well, hello, and welcome to the Dave Kirshner Lightning Round podcast. It is episode 87, and we are currently in week 85 of the 46 Quadrennial Hunger Games, where <laughs> uh, Republicans... MAGA supporters, Trump supporters, whatever you want to call us, uh, we are now being classified as uh, semi-fascists. We are threats to democracy. Um, You know, you name it. It's uh, it's it's Hillary Clinton's 2016 basket of deplorables all over again. They just they're coming up with new terms because I don't know people didn't like the term deplorable, so now they're going with all of their various political buzzwords. So now we're fascists and uh, threats to democracy. <laughs> and then the the funny thing is, so yeah, a lot of this is based off of Biden's speech last week, and and um, you know, it just I was like, wow. Not only was that that speech um, tone deaf and way off the mark, but the uh, the imagery. Um, he gave a speech with a backdrop that looked kind of like I don't know. Something you would see in the movies where Hitler's giving a speech, but hey, who am I to draw comparisons? Um, I did have a friend of mine. I call him a friend of mine loosely, but basically, uh, he is a he is a far off, like out in the sticks, lefty, way out there. And uh, he asked why I always flew an American flag on on our home. And I said, because I'm proud of the country and I'm proud to be an American and I'm grateful every single day that I was born in this country instead of, you know, some other European country where God doesn't exist, there's no national pride, or heaven forbid I was born in a third world hellhole like Venezuela or Cuba uh, or some communist stronghold like China or North Korea or, you know, even, even Russia to this day. And uh, he said something, and I swear it took everything in me to, to walk away and be like, dude, you're crazy. Um, he said that by flying a flag, flying the American flag on your home, it was akin to Nazi party members flying the swastika on their homes or hanging out of their windows. This is what the left is saying now. The American flag simply identifies that home and those homeowners and that family 
as being uh, basically they're drawing the equivalent to say, oh, well, you're just identifying yourself as a fascist, as a Nazi. This is the America we live in now, folks. Uh, but this is a preparedness show, and I just blew <laughs> nearly four minutes uh, just on an intro and what have you. I got some articles to talk about. I had an interesting conversation with a plumber uh, today. He came out and fixed some stuff on the house that was beyond my skill set. I can fix a lot of stuff. I can build you a home from the foundation to the roof and everything in between. You know, I, but there, there are some limits to my knowledge base. Um, so that's why it's important that, you know, as you're preparing, as you're becoming more self-sufficient, as you're building your knowledge base and skill sets, it's, it's important to make yourself as valuable as possible. Um, can I do basic plumbing? Yeah. Can I... Can I do what I needed him to do today? No, I don't, I don't have the tools for that. I've never been shown or taught that. I can watch YouTube videos, but I'd, I'd rather watch a trained professional do it um, first. So, um, And, you know, I got some new sound effects. I'm going to try and use those to, to better transition from one topic to the next. So we'll see what happens. Um, but... Uh, last week we talked about EMPs and, and to some extent, um, at least I think we did. I'm pretty sure we did. I don't know. I don't remember. It was one of the most more recent shows. Um, but I found an article. Um, I'm not going to read it all to you, but it the, the title of the article was Seven EMP, EMP Proof Cars That You Can Buy For Less Than $2,000. Well, I'm, I'm already calling shenanigans on that but um and, and the reason i even saved it is because I, I i feel like i've reviewed this before but uh it was an article written by fergus mason in on december 11th of 2018 um i feel like i go to this website a lot i don't know why but it's from ask a prepper but basically he gives you seven cars that you can uh look at uh as a means to ensure you have means of travel if an EMP should strike. Um, in no particular order, uh, he gave you the seven vehicles. They are a Volkswagen Beetle, um, a dune buggy, like an old school like California girl dune buggy. Uh, you have the military uh, Chevy Blazer, basically, it's um, they called it a CUCV, Commercial Utility Cargo Vehicle. Um, the it, it, the picture that they've given you is a Chevy K5 Blazer. Um, the International Harvester Scout. My roommate in college had one of those. That's a lot of fun to drive. You can't hardly kill those things. Um, another one that he gave you was the Land Rover. T-U-M slash T-U-L, um, which stands for Truck Utility Medium Truck Utility Light. I don't know why the English decided to give it that, but that's what they call it. Uh, the sixth one was a Chevy Cheyenne. Um, that's just an old school predecessor to uh, the Silverado. And then lastly, and this is what made me chuckle, 
was he put number his seventh one that he listed was a Yugo. <laughs> I laugh because in part three of my book series, after we've had an EMP, there are some bad guys tooling around the countryside doing some scouting for the main gang, and they're driving a Yugo. <laughs> I just thought that was funny, so I, I wanted to keep that. Um, all right. The next article should come as no surprise um, and goes right to the heart of um, my uh, predilections. I don't know. Is that the right word? Um, dealing with, you know, all, all of the, all of the garbage that's going on in the schools nowadays, um, you know, and, and parents being painted as domestic terrorists because they're speaking out against these, these teachers and these administrations, these school boards, uh, these labor unions that are peddling, pushing and shoving this transgenderism and the LGBTQ word salad BS down our throats um, and the books that they're trying to put in the schools and you know if you if you don't toe the line um, you're you're now being classified as a domestic terrorist and I, I I saw it was someplace it was in the Pacific Northwest of all places go figure Seattle or Portland take your pick um, and uh, do you remember when Trump was giving a State of the Union speech and all of the Democrat women wore red dresses uh, trying to invoke uh, The Handmaid's Tale, a popular TV series. It's on uh, Netflix or something, maybe. Uh, and There's a book, too, but, you know... Um, and the imagery that's in that series um, shows, uh, you know, the, the protected class, you know, these, these elites that because reproductive um, viability is so uh, limited due to, uh, I think it was some sort of disease or strain of some kind, something in the food maybe perhaps, um, so they would they would find these women that were capable of breeding, and then basically use them as breeding stock for the the husbands, uh, presume because it was predicated on um, uh, uh, the inability for women to reproduce. But the men were supposed to be fine. But I don't know. Anyway, I see uh, it's a transgender drag show. And parents are taking their kids into this. These kids look like they are on the verge of tears, scared to death, have absolutely no idea what's going on. But their woke parents, who are all white, by the way, are dragging these kids to a drag show about transgenderism. And standing guard outside are Antifa members armed with long rifles, AR-15s. And it struck me that 
That image alone is what Antifa is supposed to be against. They're supposed to be anti-fascist. But here you are, you have these masked people dressed in all black, carrying AR-15 long rifles, protecting the woke white parents and their offspring so that they can attend a transgender drag show. What in the world is going on in our country and in our society? Which reminds me of something that happened to me this weekend. The wife and I, a long weekend, holiday weekend. Uh, my wife and I are now empty nesters. We're going to the grocery store like once every two weeks, right? And uh, we've got a big uh, birthday dinner coming up. And uh, the, the uh, guests of honor have requested my my delicious shrimp burgers. So we went to the store and whatever. And we went into this grocery store. Now, mind you, this grocery store sits in between, kind of on the border of two very affluent suburbs. And we walk in and it was like we had entered a different country. They now have uh, one-way gates so that a sensor reads that you're coming, that you're approaching, the gates will open. And you walk through and they immediately shut behind you and they cannot be opened going the opposite direction. There were security cameras, multiple security cameras on every aisle, one in the middle, one on each end. Uh, security cameras, multiple angles above the seafood counter, the uh, seafood displays, the meat counter, uh, the big coolers outside the meat counter. Um, and, you know, because of the push for $15 an hour and a livable wage and all these 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 large grocery stores, they just said, you know what, we're not going to hire more people. We're going to lay people off and we're going to use self-checkout. So they had tons of new, like, self-checkout lanes. Uh, every one of them had a camera on it. And then if you looked at the camera, there were actually two cameras, one pointing at each different um, uh, register or, or scanning area. And... Um, then there were also the metal detectors and cause I guess there are some products in there that have special tags on it. Um, I think they're putting it in the meat and seafood, uh, price, uh, labels and things that go on the, on the plastic wrap that are around the little, you know, the meat trays or whatever. And we were like, what in the world is going on? And we decided to go through a checkout line that actually had a cashier because I don't work there. So if I'm going to go grocery shopping, I will always get in a line that has a cashier because they're not paying me. So I'm not checking myself out. I'm going to have somebody else do it. Somebody else is going to bag it. You know, it's good for the economy. So we asked the young lady who's working the register, we're like, what is going on? What's with all the cameras and the security and all this? And they said, well... Um, basically, you know, what's going on in, you know, these large cities out on the coast where like 50 people just show up, run in, ransack the place and don't pay for anything. They just steal it all. And then they run out. Well, basically that happened at the grocery store and, you know, it started out with onesie twosies, you know, uh, groups of kids coming in, uh, with empty backpacks. And then they would just walk up to the meat counter and then stuff as much as they could into their backpack and then just walk out. And when they tried to, you know, somebody tried to stop them, they would just run off, you know. 
you know, I, I don't know of any security guard at a grocery store that's going to, you know, outrun a, a 17 or 18 year old that's motivated by theft and greed and fear of jail time. But now you get what we got, which is metal detectors on your exits. You've got one way gates to get into the store. This is society's going to hell in a handbasket. Get your house in order, folks. Because it's just getting worse. It is getting ridiculous. But that had absolutely nothing to do with what I wanted to talk to you about, which was it came as no surprise, this is the article, came as no surprise that because the Democrats shut down the country and the planet for two years to get rid of one guy, they shut down all the schools, and oh, lo and behold... Students' math reading scores, math and reading scores during COVID-19 pandemic saw steepest decline in decades per the education department. Really? Like this is this is what? You didn't see that coming? Homeschool your kids, folks. It's the only way you're gonna be able to save them. That was what this segment was supposed to be about. But you know, I hit a couple other high points. We're good now. All right, next. All right, I got two more for you. Where are we? Time check here. We have, we're at 17 minutes. We're good. Uh, I got two more articles for you. And, and one of them, this happened to people out in Colorado. Um, the, the irony of this, and I call it irony because I work in IT. I've been in IT for over 25 years now. And I friggin' hate technology. Nothing drives me battier faster than issues with Wi-Fi and issues with printers. Uh, I was purely livid, livid with my youngest daughter um, because she went out, my, my wife had a tradition with our daughters and, and they would go out on the day after Thanksgiving, they would go to the brick and mortar stores. They would do the, the Black Friday stuff. And my daughter used her own money to buy an Alexa. Um, and I was just absolutely livid. Um, I do not have uh, Siri enabled on my phone. I, I, to me, I don't want that level of interaction with a company that doesn't know me, that is uh, more or less in bed with uh, the DNC. Um, so you've got, uh, you know, Google and their Alexa products. You've got these these new uh, electronic uh, home monitoring systems, a little DIY, you know, you've got the, 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 uh, what do you call them? The the doorknob, not the doorknob, the doorbells, the ring doorbells that now have a camera on them. And, you know, and in some cases, that type of that level of technology has helped people, uh, especially if they're being robbed, you know, porch pirates and or if something occurs out on the street, um, what have you. So I just they I'm weary of all of it. I don't want any of it in my house. And. Uh, you know, I, and I've got a new setup here. I've got a new uh, webcam and I've got, um, you know, uh, I had to go buy a new laptop because my other one was giving me fits. 
Um, but when I'm not recording a show, though the webcam is never plugged in unless I'm actually recording. It, it is I can see that the cord is plugged in right now, but as soon as the show is over, I'll reach over and I will unplug it. It does not have power. It cannot be used by hackers to come in and like magically turn it on. There's no power supply. There's no backup power supply. There's no batteries in it. Nothing. That's, that's as far as I want my tech to go in my house. But these people in Colorado, they authorized an energy company to put in uh, digital thermometers. And out there in Colorado last week, they got over 90 degrees or something. And, um, you know, the energy company took control of the digital thermostats and cranked everybody's AC temperature from, you know, room temperature 72 degrees. They cranked it up to somewhere between 78 and 80 degrees so that the air conditioners weren't turning on as much because of an energy uh, crisis that they're having in Colorado due to the due to the temperatures and it's stressing and maxing out the grid in the state of Colorado. And I saw that and I said, oh, just another reason. That is yet another reason to limit the amount of tech that you have in your home. I just, for, for me, that, that was the final nail in the coffin. I will not ever allow a company to have control over something in my home. That is my space. That is my private property. And I will do with it as I see fit. But that is just ridiculous. These people, and it, and it had a message that came up. It said, uh, da, 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 oh, that's not a good view of it. What did it say? The message that came up on their smart thermostats read something to the effect of temperature locked temporarily during energy emergency. Due to a rare energy emergency that may affect the electrical grid, your temperature control has been changed from 8 p.m. to 8 p.m. because something, and it's not a very good printout. I wish I had the actual message. But basically, they, they took over the, um, the smart thermostat that the company had installed. No. Nope, not going to do it. I'm, I'm not going to do it. All right. Next. All right. So uh, I have an article, and it's from uh, the Late Prepper. It's a new site that I've been turned on to. And um, actually, I'm trying to book the guy on for, for an interview, but I'm... I'm don't worry, folks. They're coming. Okay, relax. Um, but he posted up an article. Uh, looks like uh, late August, so a couple weeks ago, and um, it's an article titled "Preparedness: Nothing Short of Common Sense," and it's been written by a, a gentleman using the pseudonym uh, Jeremiah Johnson, and it was originally posted on the Organic Prepper. I found it on. Uh, the late prepper website and um, 
what it says here on, at the end is that uh, Jeremiah Johnson is the nom de plume of a retired Green Beret of the U.S. Army Special Forces. Mr. Johnson is also a gunsmith and a master herbalist. He graduated from the Special Forces course at SEER School and is an expert in small unit tactics, survival, and disaster preparedness. He lives in a cabin in the Rocky Mountains of western Montana. Well, there you go. So, um, it's in bigger font, so it should be pretty short um, to read it. Uh, so, here goes. Here's what he had to say. Uh, again, the title is Preparedness, Nothing Short of Common Sense. People inherently know how to be prepared. We can use tips and the advice from those more experienced, but it really is just about following that logical core desire to survive. Why is it that the preparedness community is so marginalized by society? Why have we forsaken what is nothing more than common sense? In this article, I want to encourage my fellow preppers. Be prepared. Being prepared is not atypical. This is how humanity has always dealt with life. This is our history. For thousands of years, humanity has worked to plant and grow in the spring and summer and harvest in the fall to store food for the winter. Were they fringe elements? No. People used to dry, smoke, and salt meat to store over the winter months. Even before the age of canning and mason jars came about, the root cellar existed. Cold storage and also storage for dried grains such as wheat, oats, corn, and hay. Newsflash, that's prepping. Or preparation. Humans were given a beautiful gift. The gift of common sense. It was that common sense that led the rulers of Britain and the United States to ask people to grow victory gardens for both World War I and World War II to prepare for times of shortages during those world wars. We are in an artificial biome, little more than a cage, and when the substance hits the fan, there will be no time to prepare. Your common sense will have been squandered. Yesterday, self-sufficiency was the norm. It was common sense. Now, it's fostered dependency, and you and you better believe it's fostered. Study Cloward and Piven and their strategy for top-down, bottom-up economics. At the time, LBJ was the crook in charge, and with his help, those two managed to initiate slash create the welfare state and look at it today. Look at how the entire economy of the United States is coming apart, akin to a poorly knitted sweater. The gross inconsistency with the labeling is that the same people deride those who prepare. They squander their money on entertainment, alcohol, partying, and traveling around. Then they act as if those who were prepared are evil. They have the audacity to say, well, they have something, so they have to give it to me because I don't have anything. Let's say it's hoarding or unfair. The rulers agree with you. The same vile, corrupt leaders and rulers who come after you for every dime while they party at Boca Raton or at a Martha's Vineyard on taxpayer dollars. FDR wrote an executive order banning hoarding, and this was updated by virtually every president in office since then, since then in some capacity. Just take a look at the article I wrote recently entitled, The Government Plans to Survive the Apocalypse Without Us. I think I actually reviewed that, doc, that, um, that article, but if not, I'm going to go find it now, and we'll talk about that next week. 
While they have us at each other's throats to argue about who was allowed to go into what bathroom, they're quietly stockpiling food, medical supplies, fuel, vehicles, and everything imaginable in underground bunkers all on the taxpayer dime. Are they preparing or are they hoarding? Read that article I just mentioned and see how products that are removed from stores for safety concerns mysteriously disappear. If they act at if they act as if prepping is common sense, shouldn't you? Knowing how to preserve your own food is common sense as well. Check out our free quick start guide at home canning to learn more. And they gave you a link on that. Um, now we're coming to a critical juncture in present day society. The supply chains are drying up. Food production plants are mysteriously blowing up or catching fire or, and they've been destroyed. Transportation is slowly being ground to a halt. California just made it impossible and illegal to operate in that state as an independent trucker. They practically forced the truckers to go into another state to ply their trade. The supply chain hasn't recovered from all the business-killing edits by the rulers and their stringent restrictions that have caused, at times, millions of tons of produce and supplies to go bad, sitting on the docks with no way to be transported. Ask yourself these questions. Do you want to place your fate in the hands of those who are corrupt? No. That's me, not them. Me. No. Do you really think anyone occupying a political office will provide for you or your family when they are without food? Have you done all that you can to make sure your family can eat when those times arrive? Will you be able to tell them that you did your best to provide for them and deliver more than just an apology? Preparation should be as natural as anything else that you do around the house. It doesn't have to occupy every minute of your time, and it certainly isn't something that you have to worry about to the point of panic. It doesn't take much to truly and accurately assess what you have in your home and what you would do if all the food delivery sales, etc., if they just stopped tomorrow. It won't break you to buy a case of food per week and some dry goods in place of that beer or that night out on the town. I wrote an article in May t entitled Last Minute Preps on a Shoestring Budget to provide some thoughts and suggestions on the matter. It's a simple task with a point that's clearly evident, as simple as Aesop's fable, the grasshopper and the ant. The little ant warned the grasshopper to set food aside for the winter, and the grasshopper paid him no heed. Then when winter came, the grasshopper came straight to the ant's door for a handout. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm not staying in this neighborhood if shit hits the fan, because I know that there are too many people on this street and in this suburb that are not prepared and I'm not helping them. They made their bed, they can lie in it. That's the way it will be. You do what you want with your supplies and your discernment to determine how good a Samaritan you want to be. Just remember the helpless beggar might have a whole squad of marauders with weapons right outside in the bushes just waiting to find a soft heart and a soft target. That's also the part of common sense. Take care of you and yours first and then worry about taking care of others if it's not to the cost of your own family. Aesop wrote the fable a few thousand years ago and it still stands. We are already long in the tooth to be setting stuff aside. There's still some time. Prepare as best you can and pray without ceasing. Just as important as the supplies is the mindset it takes to go with it. Your provision for times of shortage before they occur. Do what you can now and do the best that you can while there's still some time left. Stay in that good fight and fight it well. What are your thoughts in regarding 
What are your thoughts regarding preparedness? Is it a natural thing for you? Has it helped you in the past? Was there a time you found yourself unprepared for an emergency? So, there you go. That's the article. And he hits on a lot of valid points. Have you done what you needed to do or what you can do to set certain things aside? Whether that's uh, going to tractor supply, getting food grade buckets, and filling them with rice. Or filling them with flour. Or filling them with salt. Uh, or filling them with wheat. Um, you know, something. You know, did you, have you used... Um, are you, are you working with a group of folks and are you buying things by the case lot, buying things by the pallet? Um, are you taking advantages, advantage of uh, BOGO sales, buy one, get one free uh, sales with uh, any of these um, uh, food storage suppliers? Um, have, you, have you joined like a members club for one of these food storage, uh, long-term food storage prep survival type companies so you get special deals or you know you get rebates at checkout or any, you know whatever you're doing okay I, I right before I went on my hiatus I, I told you I was on now a quarterly purchase plan uh, because I don't like I, I don't like what what I see coming um, I, I think that the Democrats are going out of their way to turn the United States into some sort of socialist third world hellhole and they want everybody beholden to the state. And if you don't comply, you get labeled, you know, uh, a semi-fascist. Or you get labeled a domestic terrorist. Or, you know, pick a detractor and they're trying to slap that label on you. We have our own president of the United States. The illegitimate one. The demented one. Running around giving speeches. Basically... Uh, going back on what he said he was going to be, which was supposed to be a uniter, well, that idiot already forgot that pa- that campaign promise, and so he's out there dividing us, and you know he's got to go. He really does. So you need to make sure you're registered to vote, and that you show up at the polling stations, polling locations, uh, in November. Um, I prefer to vote in person. Uh, I'm able-bodied, and it is my right, and I will do that. I don't, I don't like the idea of absentee voting because there's too much um, possibility for fraud, and that's what the the Democrats exploited in 2020. And so that's that's what I'm going to tell you. I don't know, folks. Okay, one last thing. So the conversation I had with the plumber went something like this. Uh, he came to fix an issue I was having, and uh, we just kind of, we got to talking. And uh, I was asking him, you know, hey, I got this problem too. What, what's the story? Can I fix that? And he was like, yeah, you just do this. So he was telling me how to fix stuff and uh, so that, you know, because we had like a home warranty thing and and because uh, our house is so old that, uh, you know, before we replaced all the mechanicals, um, you know, I had the original furnace from the 40s. I mean, that thing was the size of a VW Bug. It was huge. Um, I had the 
power company come out and do a home energy audit. And they said that my furnace was running at 27% efficiency. <laughs> Coupled with the fact that the windows were the original single pane wooden windows that, you know, my house leaked like a sieve. And, uh, you know, so that was, that was good times. I enjoyed those heating bills. Uh, but I am really, really glad that we uh, replaced the furnace, replaced the air conditioning unit. We got all new windows um, because with energy prices right now that are coming, that are that we're experiencing now, and the energy prices that are expected in the winter, whoo, we'd have had to decide uh, some. We we would have had to make some hard choices if our house still still leaked like it did. Um, with those energy costs so but anyway just talking to the plumber and the plumber basically said uh so a couple years ago he moved out to the country and he's on well water and uh, we were talking about how sometimes the water can have that sulfur smell you know that uh, brackish kind of i don't know that that stink and um and he's got a little farm out there so there's cows and horses and stuff kicking around and and you know um, he said what he has to do, uh, and what anybody that owns a well should do, is uh, he took the, the housing off of the well, and then he dumped two gallons of bleach into the well. And uh, then he used a, a garden hose. And, well, so here, here's a caveat. He has a water softener and he has um, reverse osmosis, or reverse osmosis, as a as a means to uh, clean the water, uh, remove pathogens, things of that nature. Uh, so if you have those things, you have to bypass them. Don't let the bleach water get into those systems. So you bypass those, and then you take your garden hose. And you hook it up to the bib, the furthest away from the well. Drag that over so that the end of the hose is going back into the well. So you're creating a circuit of water, basically. Go over, turn that hose on, and let that bleach water circulate through the system until you smell bleach in each one of the faucets in your house. Uh, and uh, you know you're you're flushing toilets, you're you're uh, you're running the faucet. You want to smell bleach. When that happens, turn off the hose and let that bleach sit in the system for four to six hours. So do this, you know, before you go to bed or before you leave for work. You know that way there's nobody home, there's no water being used or whatever. He said, do that, and then turn on. All of the all of the faucets that you can in the house, flush toilets, turn on showers, um, etc. Uh, run a run an empty load in the washing machine, what have you, and you do that until you don't smell bleach anymore. And now your your well and all of your lines are now disinfected. And because what he was finding is that uh, the water started taking on a different type of smell. Um, and with the livestock around, that the, that manure, that urine over time, now mind you, it's a lot of time, uh, will work its way through the soil uh, and eventually get into uh, the aquifer or into the water table. 
which is where your well is drawing that water from. So you need to sterilize your, your well as well as your lines as well. He said, once all that bleach smell is gone, um, then remove the bypass from the, um, the sterilization devices that you have, the water softeners, the reverse osmosis, what have you, the UV light, whatever you're using. Uh, go ahead and, and remove that bypass. So um, I thought that was an interesting bit of knowledge. And uh, so I peppered him with questions until I was able to get all of that information so that I could share it with you here today. See, lucky you. <laughs> all right, folks, that's the show. Um, we will be back on the weekend with, uh, oh, I'm sure there's no shortage of material coming up for the Jack Assery show. I've already, uh, I've already found some things that we're going to talk about. Um, and, and we'll go from there. All right. So be good. Stay safe. Keep your head on a swivel. I'm out. Happy Hunger Games. And... May the odds be ever in your favor. Mm -hmm.